0: Hello and welcome to Unball. So glad that you are here today. I was just vibing
1: with the intro today. I'm just feeling it today. I don't know why, but I am feeling it extra today. And so glad to have in the co host chair, Big Wise. Big Wise, happy new year. I think this is our first time being together since the new
0: year started. Or yes that, yes it's thank our first you time. happy new yeah. year to you as well some people would say this is a faux pas to still be wishing people happy new year in february but i'll take it and oh, also i'll keep it going until at least, <laughs> until the end of February. And also <laughs> I, I celebrated a birthday yesterday. I, I turned 36 years old yesterday. So yeah, Big Waz is is becoming big washed. Big old. No, I don't think so. Because if you're old, then you know, hey, what does that say about me? I refuse to go like that. Baby, I'm like a fine wine, getting better. You absolutely wine, You are. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Oh my god, happy belated birthday. Thank you so much.
1: And I hope all of our viewers who comment today that we get to that you guys wish Big Wash a happy belated day birthday, born day, as some folks say, this is so important. And Big Waz is a TYT contributor, as we all know. On the show today, President Joe Biden will give the State of the Union address that is happening tonight, that is much watch TV. So we are going to kind of forecast some of the things that he will be talking about tonight. And then Tucker is at it again, he went on a racist tangent per usual. And later in the show, oh my God, the mama in me is just just perking with joy. We'll highlight a very special nine year old high school graduate. Did you hear me? Nine year old high school graduate. He's definitely making me feel like an underachiever. All right, so here we go, Uh, Turkey's death toll. So we did start off the show yesterday and talking about what is happening to our sisters and brothers, family and friends in Turkey. And it continues to come out all that the people of that nation are enduring. Take a look. What you just watched was a Turkish rescue worker attempt to find survivors in one ruined building while yet another one collapses. And the latest, this headline death toll from massive Turkey, Syria earthquake passes 6,000. The death toll from Monday's devastating earthquake and more than 300 aftershocks in Southeast Turkey and Northern Syria soared over six thousand this was as of tuesday and crews raced to try to find survivors in the rubble of thousands of collapsed buildings the aftershocks including a magnitude 5.7 trembler that hit tuesday made the search itself dangerous. Now, Turkey's president declared a state of emergency for three months, no surprise there, across 10 provinces in the earthquake zone. We wanna break some of this down by the numbers, numbers from Turkey slash Syria earthquake, 6,000 people dead. 8,000 people have been pulled from under the rubble, 20,000 people taking part in the rescue efforts. Thank you, 380,000 people taking refuge in shelter. So that is by the numbers, we're getting that from The Guardian also CBS News. Thank you very much. The sad reality, however, is that thousands of children may be among the dead. And why did this happen? So earthquakes are common in Turkey, which sits in a very seismically active region. So poor construction in that area is also a known problem. Many of the collapsed buildings appear to have been built from concrete without adequate seismic reinforcement. Seismic building codes in this region suggest that these buildings should be able to sustain strong earthquakes where the ground accelerates by 30 to 40% of the normal gravity without incurring this type of complete failure. Infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure is so important to communities all across the world. And so why not rebuild the buildings? Even though Turkish authorities know many buildings are unsafe in earthquakes, it is still a difficult problem to solve. Many of the buildings are already built and seismic retrofitting may be expensive or not considered a priority compared to other social economic challenges. That reporting coming from CBS News. And then lastly, however, reconstruction after the quake, may present an opportunity to rebuild more safely. That's what we want. In 2019, Turkey adopted new regulations to ensure buildings are better equipped to handle the shaking. So big wise, obviously this news is devastating. It's really sad to see this happen in any nation. Glad to see people from many nations, speaking of nations, really coming to the aid of our
0: sisters and brothers and family and friends in the Turkey, Syria region. Yeah it's it's just really harrowing stuff. Um you mentioned uh, infrastructure issues within the country. Um I would just hope that as a world community um folks the powers that be to get together to get these folks some adequate help. Um and aid and help in helping the refurbishing of the places over there. If this is a really, you know, volatile volatile and seismic area of the world, I would hope that we could get the help in there to um, you know, retrofit these buildings for safety so that when the next one happens, we don't have this this level of death toll and then you know specifically to the people of Syria who for the last decade plus essentially have been involved in a bitter bloody civil war um, a man-made disaster to have a natural disaster happen to those folks, compounding that um, and, and all the difficulties that they already have to endure. Uh, it's really sad stuff. Um, you know, deeply felt. Obviously, my thoughts go out to the people out in Turkey and Syria because they're dealing with something you know that I couldn't even imagine. Well, uh, we live here in Los Angeles where you know there's a lot of earthquakes, and you think about it all the time living here. Sure. Um, it's, it's Especially in Southern California, just the dangers of that, um, and so to see that happen over there, you know, it makes me think of my own safety, honestly.
1: Yeah, obviously, and definitely thoughts and prayers, and we know action is happening in that region as well to try to bring some relief to the families there. So our State of the Union, President is going to be giving it the spin before the spin. Watch this.
2: New Washington Post ABC News poll finds only 36% of voters believe Biden has accomplished a great or good deal. 62% think he's accomplished not much or little. What do you make of these numbers? It, it even has independence more in Trump's camp than Biden's camp. Yeah, look, polls will always fluctuate. It's so far from the 2024 election. I think what's exciting for folks like me and a lot of others is,
1: you know, Biden's the most progressive president we've had. I sigh deeply. There's my side. What you just watched was Kyle Penn, former associate director for the White House Office of Public Engagement under President Obama and actor, put the spin on Biden's on the poll numbers. I mean, the poll numbers are what they were, what they are, and we should not discount how people are feeling in this moment. You got to acknowledge how people are feeling right now. And this is all ahead of the State of the state that will be happening tonight. What is the president's Twitter saying about the state of state? Trying to get us prepared for what he will say. The last time the unemployment rate was this low, we had yet to set foot on the moon. Think about that. I'm thinking about that. Together, we're building an America where everyone has a fair shot. Now we want that to be true. I definitely want that to be. True. Don't you want that to be true? It's not realized yet, but we do want that to be true. And my stunt double had to weigh in on what the president had to say. She just had to weigh in on the spin. Here she goes, 71% of Americans say the country is moving in the wrong direction. 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, but corporate profits are up. And any guess as to how the corporate media responds to the State of the Union this evening? Yeah, we can guess. So Americans aren't feeling what the president is offering right now. They're not feeling what he's throwing down. Let's take a look at this headline. 40% of Americans say they're worse off financially under Biden. Highest percentage for any president in 37 years. Yet we got old dude over there saying that he's the most progressive president ever. I guess the American people are not buying that and let's put up this next headline record high in us put off medical care due to costs in 2022 and many of you may remember we were covering the story about on the shooting the mass shootings that happened in california and how the governor of that state was going he went to the hospital and visited some people and one gentleman and particularly talked to said i got to get out of here not because he felt like he was ready to go uh, medically but because he didn't want a high medical bill, imagine that just being a victim of a mass shooting and saying to the governor, of your state, I got to go because I cannot afford healthcare costs. So the Brian Dissey director of Biden's National Economic Council had the audacity to throw it back in the face of these Americans who are expressing their angst. And this was what dear O'Brien had to say. If you look at the key measures of basic economic security, Do I have health insurance? Do I have $400 in the bank in case my car breaks down? Or I have another emergency expense. Am I late or delinquent on credit card bill? Am I facing foreclosure? If you look at all of those measures on average, American households are in a better position than they were before the pandemic hit. And that's true for lower income quantiles, as well, Oh my God, that's a crock of sugar. Feeling, I mean, really, that does not jive with the numbers and it does not jive with the poll and what the American people are saying when they are asked. As for the inflation, which we know is driven by corporate greed overwhelmingly, As our good friend, Dr. Robert Reich points out time and time again, a windfall profits tax, the largest oil companies which are recording their biggest profit in years and use the money to provide quarterly checks to Americans facing sticker shock as inflation continues to skyrocket. It is a no brainer. In other words, this ain't rocket science. Don't forgive the pun because the pun was very much intended. Big wise, your thoughts
0: on these on this? You know, I think, and even somebody like me, I fall into this trap of believing that Americans, you know, on the whole, tend to be a little dumber than they should be, and and not quite intelligent. And oftentimes, it's because of you know a certain level of self-absorption that our culture encourages encourages us to participate in, but. Looking at that Biden tweet, I think where he gets it wrong and just believing these people are so self deluded is that because people are so self involved, they understand that their parents and their grandparents, one person went to work, the other stayed home, they owned a house, they owned a car, they could take vacations, they had sick days, they could afford health care. Like <laughs> one person went to work, and it's not like they had these elite jobs in tech and, and, and you know, media or finance or whatever. These people had normal jobs at a plant. One person went to work and achieve and could achieve all of those ends that I just described to you. That's not the case now. So when you talk about the rate of employment here, we're not going to pretend that the quality of this employment is equal to that of those um, that existed before we put a guy allegedly on the moon, right? <laughs> you know, it's just it's like Americans aren't stupid. But they can just look at their own reality. That I can't afford a mortgage. I can't afford a car. I can't afford to take my family on vacation. I can barely afford healthcare. In fact, if I get a messed up, you know, diagnosis, I might go to the poorhouse. I might become homeless. Like the, these things are obvious truths. And to pretend that they're not is is just is just insane to me.
1: Yeah, wise. Well, it's delusional. And even people who are in the upper upper middle class. They are one health scare away. It depends on what it is. It can wipe you totally out, all your savings, everything that you've built for. And so, this system as it exists, you're absolutely right, it's unattainable. And to have people who live inside the bubble disregard what Big Mama and Big Papa are saying and feeling, you know, you talk about being out of touch. It is a total disservice. You have to absorb what the people are saying and have a vision to provide provision and not be in total denial. So the president isn't ready to take responsibility or hold these corporations accountable. Take a look at this.
0: Are taking blame for inflation? No. Why not?
1: Because it was already there when I got here, man. Remember what the economy was like when I got here?
0: Jobs were hemorrhaging. Inflation was rising, we weren't manufacturing a damn thing here. We were in real economic difficulty, that's why I don't.
1: And we are still in economic difficulty. I'm telling you, wise. I I, I really, I'm gonna have to to break this out. I'm gonna have to break her out. This this, this is what this is coming to right now, listening (laughs) to that. And he boldly said, no, I don't take responsibility. Well, why in the hell are you the President of the United States of America? You have got to take not only responsibility, You have an obligation to have a vision that provides provision for the people and we got something for that. It's called the windfall tax. I mean, there is a way wise to bring mega dollars into the federal coffers to be able to provide a deeper safety
0: net and help for people who are in need. Nina, it's it's so obvious where the inflation areas came from and you know what what were the things that were causing inflation like legitimate Covid issues, legitimate logistical issues. Um, you know, basically getting stuff from China. Who, sorry, Joe Biden, you were part of the push to of neoliberalism, of globalizing the economy, of bringing in cheaper goods, even though it was driving down the wages of American citizens. You were part of the wave that brought in this system of economics in the first place. And secondly, it's not as if Joe Biden was somebody who was like, you know what? There is is actual price gouging going on? All of this isn't because American citizens got 25 extra hundred bucks in their pockets. Like, legitimately, corporations said, yo, they're saying this is an inflationary environment. Let's raise our prices. Let's raise groceries. Let's raise let's raise everything on these folks because all we hear is this inflation panic and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. And it's not as if Joe Biden and his people up there in his administration have done everything and fought tooth and nail to claw back that greed. They've Come done on. the opposite. They've act like this is their right. This is their providence. Um, the corporations to do this to people. Like these prices don't just magically go up, people. Who are in charge of these companies and corporations make a conscious decision to say, let's raise the prices. Right we and all the slash jobs and yeah. raise prices What is that more profit,
1: come on. That's it big wise and the corporate buybacks, even while they are on the company dull. I mean on the taxpayers dole, they're doing all of these corporate buybacks to increase profits and these are, are obscene profits. Cuz why and I, we not against corporate rate. yeah, make your profit. But if you're making your profit on the backs and the necks and the hearts and the future of people of this country, then it is wrong. If it causes the citizens of this nation harm, grave harm to the extent they can't even afford to buy eggs, then something is wrong with the way that you are making your profit. It is called unfettered. Agree. And it's not like the president doesn't have any tools at his disposal. There are solutions to prevent such inflation such as the ultra millionaire two cent tax from Senator Elizabeth Warren. Let's throw this up team, a family with a net worth of more than 50 million, roughly the wealthiest 75,000 households would pay a 2% or a two cent tax on every dollar of their net worth above 50 million and a 6% or 6 cents tax for every dollar above 1 billion. Wealth in this country is so lopsided that this small new tax on the tiny sliver of ultra rich families will bring in $3.75 trillion over the next 10 years years. That is coming from Senator Elizabeth Warren or a windfall tax. Let's put up with, again, Dr. Robert Rice had to say about this situation. A windfall profits tax would tax the largest oil companies which are recording their biggest profits in years. Just what Wise was talking about and use money to provide quarterly checks to Americans facing sticker shock as inflation continues to skyrocket. It is a no brainer. So listen America, There are solutions to these problems. The challenge is that we don't have elected officials with the intestinal fortitude to do these things because they are too busy answering to the owner donor class. Something is wrong with that. And progressives have other solutions here. The progressive agenda is important. It is a, it's needed and in 2021, there was a whole group, like a solid path of uplift and changing material conditions for people in this country that was agreed upon by the Congressional Progressive Caucus, who definitely is useless in this moment and also about 36 other organizations. This was in 2021 and the premise was that they were going to set, that they did in fact set an agenda and that this agenda would be implemented in the first six months of 2021. And unfortunately, most of this did not happen, but the roadmap is important. Let's revisit that roadmap. Let's take a look, the seven planks of the people's agenda. Part one, provide COVID relief that meets the scale of the crisis and addresses the disproportionate harm to black indigenous people of color and other vulnerable communities, meaning poor people all across the board. Put people back to work give workers more power and transform to a clean, renewable energy economy. This president is giving out more oil permits than the president before. Ensure health care for everyone, universal health care. The seven planks of the people's agenda, part two, let's take a look at that. Defend the and expand voting rights, strengthen democracy, end corruption, dismantle racism, white supremacy and inequality in all institutions. End endless wars and invest in diplomacy and peace in corporate greed and corporate monopolies. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that when the uh, Congressional Progressive Caucus just happened to send a letter and they were rebuked and then they snatched back the damn letter. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. We need intestinal fortitude. The progressive agenda is the agenda for most Americans because most Americans agree With those tenants. And then it's also time to implement the 21st century economic bill of rights. We remember that President FDR, he had an economic bill of rights as well. This is drawing upon this. So the 21st century economic bill of rights part one, the right to a useful job, that pays a living wage, the right to a voice in the workplace, through a union and collective bargaining, the right to comprehensive quality healthcare, The right to a complete cost free public education and access the broadband internet, which is a necessity. The right to decent, safe, affordable housing. Part two of that, let's lay it down. The right to a clean environment and a healthy planet. The right to a meaningful endowment of resources at birth and a secure retirement. The right to sound banking and financial services. The right to an equitable and economically fair justice system. The right to recreation and participation in civic and democratic life. I got to shout out. Professor Harvey Kay and the Director of Progressive Democrats of America. Alan Minsky for just laying this down and being able to work together to take what President FDR had put out in the 40s and refine it for the 21st century. This isn't some pie in the sky. These things can happen was because we are a hegemon nation.
0: We can do those things. Nina, I just first of all, obviously, I agree with every single thing you just said, but I do want to bring it back to the original point that you brought up, where Joe Biden and his cronies are bragging about this guy being the most progressive president of our time, allegedly. Let's just let's just be extra clear here. Corporate, we've seen worker militancy at a rate that is unparalleled in like sectors of the economy that are unrelated. John Deere, Starbucks, the rail workers. And let's stick on the world rail workers for a second, right? Um, these corporations cut jobs, they raise prices on everybody. Then the people who they manage to still keep employed, they don't raise their wages. So where's all this extra money going to? Then the workers show some level of militancy. They go on a strike at the most, opportune time for themselves. And what do you know, good old friend of the worker, Joe Brandon Biden and his cronies in the Congress, they side on the side of who? Of management, of the money. So I don't want to hear this crap about this dude and his progressivism and this idea that workers and 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 the citizens are supposed to just sit here and take all this crap. It's, it's absolute garbage, honestly, and nobody's falling for it more importantly, people can see the reality of their lives and know that this is crap. (laughs) It's just crap. There it is,
1: Waz. Well, like we say in the black church, when the sermon has been preached, amen, (laughs) amen to that. So we're gonna stay tuned to see what happens tonight. I think big Waz and I, we got it right. There will be a spin, 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 and then spin on top of that. And people will be on top of their head, spinning, spinning, spinning. They're gonna continue to spin despite what Big Mama and Big Papa have to say about their lived conditions. There is something wrong with that. Now to our viewer comments, one of my favorite parts, absolute favorite parts of the show. Big Wise, this is what we got coming from TYT members. (laughs) Biden's... (laughs) Flavor corn pop, I'm fighting <laughs> <Biden laughs> flavor corn pop. Happy New Year to you, baby. Nina with fire emoji, girl, I got fire extinguishers for all of us. Amen to that. And Bill's dragon saying people are better off because they have $400 for car repairs. When no car repair costs under $400, you better say that, just shows how wildly out of touch this administration is. You got that right. And the people in the bubble and the people spending on their behalf, they need to visit the hoods where people are misunderstood. And that's the rural hood, the urban hoods, and the suburban hoods, and listen to what the people have to say about what they are enduring in this country. And on Twitch, Super Bad Mama. Hey, Super Bad Mama. Happy birthday, Waz. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Super Bad Mama. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. And for Ripper, Nina, you and your ideas are amazing. Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. And on YouTube, Super Chat, Hoover, if Biden is the quote, most progressive president we've ever had, then I'm the Pope and Beyonce.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, somebody. Uber say I'm the Pope and Beyonce all rolled up in one. I don't think the world ready for that, baby. You better say that. And there it is. Thank you so much for your comments and you got wise and I. Yeah, y'all telling some truth today. Thank you so much for your support of the show. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. We appreciate you. Now we move on to Tucker, Tucker, Tucker. This Tucker Carlson never stops. Watch this.
2: 97 federal judges confirmed under Joe Biden, total number of white men, 5, 22 are black women. So this is race based hiring. It's illegal, but it's also not about looking like America. It's about punishing people.
1: Wise, This is gonna put, put side by side, wise. I'm gonna need about fifty of these right about now. You hear me? Okay, I'm about to open this stuff up and just start spraying oh and then running goodness. around the room. And then Marissa is gonna say, and Sachi like, what is she doing in that studio? Listen, this dude, this dude, and replace dude with some other choice words is out of his mind. He get he gets paid millions of dollars to spew. This kind of nonsense, this kind of foolishness and mayhem, this kind of BS. Here is what known racist Tucker Carlson is referencing. Let's put this up of the the 97 federal judges confirmed under Biden. Five are white men, 22 are black women from LSAT, LSAT. data taken from a typical year when these students attended law school. 29 blacks scored above 170, more than 1900 whites scored above 170. First of all, the data point that they're using is wrong all day long and twice on Sundays. But what Tucker failed to mention, what this dude failed to mention, was that even with those nominees, the judiciary remains disproportionately white. I got to throw some papers now on this one. Did y'all hear me? Remains disproportionately, not 50-50, we ain't even close, disproportionately white. When Biden came into office, the federal bench was overwhelmingly white and still is even with his judicial confirmations. So, Tucker, tuck it in, baby. Don't you worry your little sweet head off about black folks and women taking over the judiciary, maybe they got a long way to go. So sweetness, don't you worry about that. Let's put this up 69%, and I want you all to hear me and read this well. 69% of federal judges are white, bolded, underlined, underscored, messaging a bottle on the train, not on Southwest. 69% of federal judges are white. A race that makes up 58% of the US population. Hello, somebody. Meanwhile, 62% of the bench is male. Hello, somebody. Though just over or just under half the US population is male. (laughs) And all judges of color, including black, Latino and Asian American ones, and let's go on and put the swirls in between. Let's go and put the other folks up in there, amount to just 30% of the bench. Now, remember, this isn't the first time that this dude has been terrible when it comes to judges. Remember this comment he made about Justice Katachi Brown. I remember like it was yesterday. Play the clip.
2: So is Kentanji Brown Jackson, a name that even Joe Biden has trouble pronouncing, one of the top legal minds in the entire country? We certainly hope so. Biden's right. Appointing her is one of his gravest constitutional duties. So it might be time for Joe Biden to let us know what Kentaji Brown Jackson's LSAT score was. What hell did she do in the LSATs? Why wouldn't he tell us that? That would settle the question conclusively as to whether she's a once-in-a-generation legal talent, the next learned at hand.
1: Well, I'm gonna bring you in right now, this mofo and I mean that. To try to act as though black people and other people of color are less than and somehow are put in these positions for to fill some quota. That they haven't earned these positions is sick. On the other side of that, to assume that all white folks, just because of their just because they're white, deserve to be in these positions, it is very obvious that this man is sounding a dog whistle. And first of all, he couldn't even pronounce her name properly. What an insult! This dude, again, gets paid millions of dollars to spew this kind of hate. I am Marissa and Sachi about to get out of this damn chair and run around the room. It's obvious and he continues to make this assumption that black people are not qualified to serve as judges. Put up this headline team, New York City Bar Association finds judge Kataji Brown Jackson highly qualified for the Supreme Court of the United States of America. What Tucker Carlson is spewing is disgusting. And in order to flourish and grow and carry on, we absolutely need to prune and keep these people in check. We do. Wise, I'm I'm really go ahead take it over Tucker there.
0: Carlson essentially Nina was, was saying that Katanji Brown um she needs her freedom papers she got to show her freedom mm. papers that's that's essentially what what the boy was doing right there and look Tucker Carlson it's funny because I actually have different critiques of Biden's sort of diversification of the federal government and appointments um that have nothing to do like nothing to do with race. Tucker Carlson just straight up doesn't want to see black people do anything of consequence ever. Um like that's just his that's just his general um stance and he's a racist and we know that. My problem with Biden and some of the things that he did was, you know, when he when he promoted um Lloyd Austin plucked the guy straight from the board of Raytheon and put this dude up and be like, oh, this, he's the first black to ever hold this job. And it's like, bro, you pulled this dude from an institution. That basically runs our federal government already, um, unchecked power, unchecked funding, unchecked everything, and tell me I'm supposed to be happy days, the first black. Katanji Brown, of course, you know, she doesn't come from Goldman or whatever, but she did go to the Ivy League. But guess what? She has a history in public advocacy. That's a that's a stark departure from all of her colleagues on the bench, the, um, the, the Supreme Court bench. Like the, at least with her, you could be like, not only is she black, her background is not that of most of the black people we see ascend the power. From white shoe law firms, from Harvard, from wherever, whatever corporate entities tend to tell these people what to do anyway. So that's obviously a critique that I've had of Joe Biden um, from the start. This notion that he's putting on too many black people, give me a freaking break. I mean, that's just crazy. It is, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I don't
1: know if the team could find that one slide we had up that lays out how many, the percentage who are white, the percentage who are women, percentage who are a color. We are a long way off. So sweetness, Tucker, dude, don't you worry your pretty little head off about it. The, 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 The colors. (laughs) are not taking over the judiciary because that's not mainly what you should just go on ahead and say. And to insinuate that black folks and other people of color and women are not qualified for these positions is asinine on its face. And it continues to stoke this them versus us mentality in the United States of America. Dude, get your life, get your life, man jesus mary and joseph i'm telling you why I, I we can't even make this stuff up this is real tucker tucker this dude he he first of all he's a coward let's just go and put that out there he's a coward and that is why he preys on people's fears because that's all he can do he has no talent whatsoever he's a grifter to the 10th degree and that is why he stokes this white animus Against black people, against women, against poor people, against other people of color, because he's a damn coward, a multi million dollar coward. How dare he!
0: And, and so, I always y- add to stay on vigilant. to what you were saying, um, yeah, Lena. Just one more thing that I would say to Tucker's viewers and listeners. Um, there's this alleged black in Latin, whatever colored people take over. Um, when this thing was all white, I'd like to ask the people that are struggling in the heartland and Appalachia, um, in places like West Virginia, when our leaders were all white, what good did that do for those folks? um it's not as if these white people get in power and they just empower all white people everywhere it's it's nonsense it's a good old boys network they're not working to the betterment of the masses of white people That's it's true. a cro- it's a load of crock um, and that's what I would like to say to Tucker's audience: is like it's not as if these people in these elite institutions have uh, the best interests of the white masses at heart. Just, just go to these places. Look at how the people in rural America have to live. Just yes. go. Just go watch it. It's not as if these white elites have been helping them either. It's a class struggle, wise. And that's why I say Big Mama, Big Papa, and they
1: family. Their children, their children, children are misunderstood in hoods all over this country, rural hoods, urban hoods and suburban hoods. It is a class struggle, folks. And Tucker is a peddler of hate, That's he a pusher of hate, he a dealer of hate. That's what he is and he getting paid far too much money to damn do it. Wise, you
0: and I could put that money to better use and we far more talented and <laughs> beautiful too. We Thank pretty. you. That's very, very kind of you. Although Tucker does have nice hair. I, I will say that he does have a nice. Right, you, you a nice full set of <laughs> I ain't giving him no credit. We are
1: beautiful and we are brilliant. Yes, you Light are. years the ahead man. of this fool. Oh My God, and speaking of being light years ahead of a fool, do we have a treat for you. I am just so giddy, like the mama in me is giddy. I want you to check out this headline out of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania boy nine becomes one of the youngest ever high school graduates. Can y'all hear the smile in my face? (laughs) David recently received a diploma from Reach Cyber Charter School based in his state's capital of Harrisburg after taking classes remotely from his family home in Philadelphia, sub in a Philadelphia suburb, the local television station WGAL reported on Sunday. And let's go ahead and put up this beautiful, brilliant young man. There is David Baby in all of his nine-year-old glory. David made history with his graduation. The achievement makes David one of the youngest known children to ever graduate high school according to a list compiled by the history and culture website oldest.org. This reporting is coming from the Guardian. Also for what he wants to do when he's older, David has it locked down. This is what David had to say, I want to be an astrophysicist. That rolls off the tongue so nicely, astrophysicist. And I want to study black holes and supernovas. In the meantime, David is continuing to advance his education and other activities. David, a member of the high school intelligent quotient society, has done one semester at Buck County Community College since graduating from reach charter. Meanwhile, he and his family have been doing their research into other colleges and universities to try to find the one that best suited for a boy who besides his academics is pursuing a martial arts black belt, enjoys other sports and plays the piano. Why does I feel like such a damn underachiever?
0: Listen, when, when I was his age, I, I thought I was Hulk Hogan and was obsessed with Power Rangers and so kudos to that kid. I would just really, really implore him, yes, uh, uh, you know, uh, pursue your astrophysicist stuff. Just please, for the love of God, don't go work at somebody's hedge fund or try to create the next job destroying tech app for these tech bros. Please, young brother, please. Don't do that, <laughs> we don't want
1: David to get seduced by the other side. I don't think that he will, but kudos to David, to his parents, to it's his beautiful community. Story. It yep. is a beautiful story that has cultivated this young brilliant, Black young little boy, because he's still a little boy. Woo, kudos to him. He is going to do great things in this world. We know that. You better go ahead on, baby. And we will I want y'all to soak all of that in. We had that extra, extra good news today. I want you to take it in. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the show, you just don't know how it delighted my heart to talk about young David, baby he's gonna change the world. Now tonight on TYT you don't wanna miss the State of the Union. After the president does the state of the union, you? you're going to be able to hear some of the coverage right here on TYT. This is your number one source. You this is where you want to be. The progressive coverage and reactions to the speech and tune in where you will have Anna and Jink. It starts at 8:30 p.m. ET and 5:30 p.m. PT on TYT.com/live. Or YouTube. You don't want to miss it. And the watch list is directly after unboss. So why don't you go ahead and join JR in his new time slot. Just, Just stay tuned. Don't even stop. Just keep it going. When you got a good thing going, baby, keep it going. Don't stop it. Let the good times roll. And speaking of good times rolling, the TYT members, let's see what you have to say in this second half of our show. Tucker Carlson, this is coming from Mo. Hey, Mo. Tucker Carlson is what happens when you feed a Chucky doll after midnight, no offense to gremlins and Chucky, Mo you know you ain't right. But I agree with you darling and on twitch Gomez 420, hey Gomez, Tucker Carlson's laugh makes me want to puncture my ear drums. Gomez don't you do that, don't you do it, he ain't worth it. But I understand what you are saying. Thank you so much again for your comments. We couldn't get to them all, but we appreciate you, your support of Unbossed and your support of the TYT network. We couldn't do what we do without you, boo. And speaking of doing what we do, we are so excited on Unbossed to have one of the levers finest reporters and researchers, Julia Rock. I read her work often. The lever is doing a daggone thing. When you talk about independent media, the lever is right up there in the top three. Baby, yes, they are. Julia, welcome to our show.
2: I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we are so glad to have you. And there's a headline, we're gonna be talking about this one article that you wrote in particular team, let's put up the headline Fear and Loathing Among the Union Busters, a gathering at the National Restaurant Association's legal arm. Lawyers and executives grapple with worker uprising and so in that article, you really paint the mood, like the opening of the article, you paint the mood and intentions of the gathering of restaurant owners, their lawyers, supporters, upper management, even you know, the whole notion of Conrads, you know, stay in place because they was kind of rattled after a speech that was given by, the, NR, the NLRB general counsel uh, Jennifer warning the audience of the consequences that would take that they would face if they fired workers for unionizing and other other uh, actions that that the restaurant industry may take against employee against employees. Talk to us about this article. Why was it important for you to paint the mood even before you got into the meat of what they were there to gather about?
2: Well, so like you said, this is sort of an unusual gathering in some sense of of restaurant executives, their their corporate lawyers, um, where the keynote speech was given by someone who may be seen as an enemy of these people, the the top enforcer of labor law in the u s. Jennifer Bruzo. Like you said, she's the general counsel of the National Labor Relations Board. So she goes up and gives a speech about, you know, how things are changing a little bit under the Biden administration, how, companies that retaliate against their workers are going to be held accountable um, about how she's looking to sort of expand interpretations of labor law to protect workers. And this really uh, creates sort of an anxious, unhappy mood among the executives and lawyers who are in the audience.
1: Yeah, and I think it was what Chappelle Phillips who after that, he grabbed the microphone as you write in the article. Please do not lead the conference, it's all better from here. And him thinking it's better from here that we're gonna conspire against these employees and forget really what the general counsel just said was really my interpretation. And the National Restaurant Association is sometimes referred to as the other NRA, I think you point that out. In the article, and this is certainly not a positive reference, especially for those of us who really are champions for workers' rights. And one of the things that you highlight in the article is that the restaurant industry has long coordinated efforts to suppress labor costs through the NRA, a multi. Billion, or excuse me, multi-million dollar lobbying machine funded by its restaurant members and by the fees that workers pay for required food food safety classes, according to a recent New York Times report. And Julie, what I found so unacceptable is that the fees that the workers are paying into this fund is being used to undermine their efforts to fight for better wages, work conditions, and 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 benefits.
2: Yeah, so this is really a, a pretty devious scheme by the NRA, which is that uh, the group runs a a program for food safety certification classes that in a lot of states uh, restaurant workers are required to take to be eligible to work in restaurants. So the nra is running this program that workers are required to partake in to have their jobs and then using the profits from those food safety certification classes to lobby against better working conditions in restaurants for workers.
1: And do do most workers know that they're that they're funding uh, efforts to efforts against them actually. Do they, most of them, do you think know that this money is going to be used to thwart their ability to make uh, better, to make their lives better?
2: No, I, I definitely don't think so. And th- there was a class action lawsuit filed uh, against the NRA for basically misleading workers who were uh, you know, putting their money into this program that was moving to lobby against them.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that that lawsuit is so deceptive, what they are doing to the workers. And then their following tweet that I want us to put up, it references, quote, the blood boiling nature of union busting and really, you know, really highlighting your article. And Morley states in the tweet an amazing blood boiling portrait of of a union busters conference, swill guzzling, fake, nice corporate hogs, cordling in amusement at their employees misery and grunting in disapproval. Every time workers try to improve their lives. I mean, Julia, it seems to me from your reporting that this gathering was just this. It was for them to plot and plan on how to keep the status quo within the restaurant industry.
2: Right, well, as, as, as that tweet points out, there was a presentation about Done by two lawyers from Jackson Lewis, one of these big uh, management side labor law firms, which is sort of a euphemism for union busting, um, about uh, sort of the rise of unions in the restaurant and hospitality industries.
1: And incredibly, they invest a whole lot of money, the lobbying efforts of this industry to maintain the status quo, in my opinion, is very chilling. I'm sure you probably shared that same one. So this group has spent its war chest, you go on to say in your article, and I encourage everybody to read this article. The group has spent its war chest on lobbying campaigns to preserve a sub minimum wage for tip workers who are disproportionately young women and people of color and far more likely to live in poverty than regular minimum wage. Wage workers and to help block state and federal sick leave proposals and minimum wage. If we can put that up side by side with Julia and I, I mean, Julia, to me, this is part of the heart of the matter here that they are using their enormous lobbying power, their owner donor status within a but both on the state, primarily state and federal level, to stop workers from being able just to even live a good life. And the minimum wage worker, can you share with us what the subminimum wage is and about how much it is? I know it may vary state by state, but on average there is a, 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 a an hourly rate.
2: Yeah. So the the sort of keystone achievement of the NRA has been preserving this minimum wage. And and right. Now the sub minimum wage federally is $2.13 an hour and this is a wage that tipped workers can be paid uh, provided that they spend a certain amount of their time doing tipped work. So mostly we think of that as being waiters and waitresses. But the sub minimum wage which is as crazy as it sounds has been two thirteen an hour for three decades. And it's been the great, uh, great achievement of the NRA to keep that in place. And this this is a wage where where far more workers making a sub minimum wage than a regular minimum wage, as you can imagine, live below the poverty line. These are more um, young workers, women and people of color than other types of workers. Uh, so this is really. Um, an impoverishing wage that has been preserved by the nra because its restaurant industry members uh, sort of rely on it to pad their profits
1: yeah and and part of it i mean we subsidize we being taxpayers subsidize most of those workers because they're not making a wage that's far from a living living wage but they need to be subsidized through other services whether it's medic medicaid or food stamp relief, that kind of thing. And so it really is a smack in the face uh, to the taxpayer. And we really got it, we have to do something about that. Julie in our remaining time, is there anything, one fair wage comes to mind. I wanna throw that out in, in terms of organizations that are working very hard to turn the tide, both on the minimum wage and the sub minimum wage. But is there anything else that people can do to get involved and also support the efforts of workers in this industry?
2: Well yeah, another group that comes to mind that's been working on this is the Restaurant Opportunity Center and they've also been working on things like like union efforts in in the restaurant industry. But you know, I will say what came out in this story is that ultimately it seems like the thing that these chain restaurants are worried about the most is is something like what's happened at Starbucks with this really rapid union campaign happening in their chains. So, I think it's worth noting that that what they're scared of is is worker unions.
1: Yeah, the woke movement, so to speak, <laughs> barreling through and and helping these workers unionize because most of them are not unionized. Well, thank you, Julia Rock, so much for your work. We hope to have you back on, on Unbossed. Please read her article. It is an important, important article, Fear and Loathing Among the Union Busters. That is our time today on Unboss. You know what I want you to do? I want you to keep the faith, baby, but keep the
0: fight. Until next time.
2: Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and the Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.